Welcome to the HFM Investor Success Podcast. At HFM, one of the most significant values we provide to our clients is leveraging our experience, having helped hundreds successfully navigate through life's transitions. In this podcast series, our advisor team explores some of the questions we get every day from our real-life clients, share some insights on financial topics, and interview some fantastic professionals from our vast network. Our hope is that you leave with some food for thought and some good ideas to consider. Thank you for taking the time to join us. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the HFM Investor Success Podcast. I'm Jason Gabrielli, a financial advisor here at HFM Investment Advisors. Today, we have a very special guest, a friend of HFM, uh, Dr. Fred Keating from Rowan College, South Jersey. He's going to be giving us a little bit of insight into where higher education is heading, uh, how that might have changed in light of everything that we've, we've seen happen this year, um, and really give us some insight on, on some things, especially if you have a child or a grandchild or someone who is going to be heading to college uh, or you're starting to have those conversations. This is going to be a great, great, great conversation. So I'd just like to introduce uh, Dr. Fred Keating, who is the first president of Rowan College. South Jersey. Uh, on July 1st uh, of 2019, he took the helm of, of the combination uh, of the regional college that it was the merger of Rowan College at Gloucester County and Cumberland County College, uh, which is now Rowan College of South Jersey. So thanks so much, Dr. Keene, for joining us. My pleasure. So one of the things that we wanted to jump into first is it's no, it's no secret that the world is a very different place uh, than it was even just five or six months ago. Uh, can you give us a sense of what direction was higher education heading before COVID-19? And then how has that changed in light of, of all that's going on this year? Well, Jason, as we mentioned earlier, um, this idea of what COVID uh, has done to the higher education institutions in our country um, is mind-boggling, actually. Uh, you can't look at a national publication or a news report and not hear a debate about are colleges and universities going to be open? Are they going to be closed? Are they going to be in residence? Uh, how about this idea of a gap year where the students are going to sit out a year and wait for this, hopefully for this pandemic, to, to fall into a, a situation where it can be handled and treatable? Uh, so you could not have been doing this, in my opinion, at a better time. Uh, prior to COVID, the college-university scene was moving in a couple directions anyway. Uh, much like your industry, we are now getting more focused on this concept called the ROI or the return on investment, which is, I think, something that's very close and significant to your work and those that are working with you. Sure. We're very sensitive in the higher ed community that we are pricing individuals out. Uh, we are putting student debt probably up to become now one of the peak bubbles that could break in this country uh, with regard to the housing market and the stock market alone, that we have more students in debt in this country than any other country. And the amount of debt is uh, becoming something they can't even, it's insurmountable. They're, they're basically going to be carrying two mortgages if they try to get a home, even with the first job with paying back Absolutely. their student loans. We're so, seeing that with their young professional clients a lot as they come out of yes. school. You know, they might and, be you know, even living in my and dad's spot. basement is not the answer. <laughs> right. So I think what you were seeing prior to the pandemic was a movement academically toward online learning. Now I'll come back to that because we got pushed onto what is NYU uh, individuals that we're talking to to get some reading and some literature on background 
uh, up in New York, uh, made it, one of the professors made a comment that we higher ed was migrating toward a hybrid or an online delivery, lacking bricks and mortar and in classroom uh, to be more experiential and online. At the very same time, when the pandemic hit, it got, we got pushed on a steroidal type approach where now we had to accelerate and just get online because we had to get out in March of last year. Sure. So I think what this will do is, as we now looks like we're going to stay online, and that's a critical point to your to your listeners today. Uh, when you look at the newspapers now, July what twenty six seven something like that, wherever we are, uh, this idea that universities are now recognizing that the opportunity to bring their uh, students back on campus just is not going to work. Uh, we in our sector, a junior college, a county college affiliated research university, and a partnership similar to what Penn State does, although ours is not structured by law in, our, in New Jersey. This is a partnership. Uh, we have students that are in resident life and that are commuters to us, and we teach on the main campus. This kind of hybrid relationship was starting to pick up, mainly because of the access and affordability. First of all, let me knock this out. If it's not this question, let me get it in case you have it on your list. This concept of a gap year. Many families have told me and have said, we're just going to sit this out, let the storm go by and have my son or daughter maybe work a job and then get back and re-engage when it's the full product for this return on investment. We get the same, we get the full effect of living there, being part of the faculty and so on. I would, I would strongly, strongly not recommend gapping a year. Uh, many reasons in the literature and research shows us that an individual that has a so-called an educational pathway if they disturb it, and some have to because of family situation, money, and other conditions they can't control. But if you can control it, the last thing you want to do is interrupt it or pause it because the ability to restart it and time to, to job and time to degree is money. So this idea of getting out in four years, many of our students now, if you look at the literature of the universities, it takes five years to get a four-year degree. And in our case, it takes three or four years to get a two-year degree. This is something that I think our society has, rec has to recognize. We've gotten away with four years and two years, and that's it. I remember when my parents sent me to school, they said, you got five, four years to get out, and then you're on your own for the money. Uh, we had a different incentive, a different mindset. Today, they change major, they change school, they change program. Uh, they take credit and course outside of the pathway of advisement and they get what we call wanderlust. They move around the institution, but they're not framed on graduation. Remember, the money you borrow, you're paying on that money uh, of the day you graduate, and therefore you're late to the job as you accumulate debt and more debt for the fifth year to get out to have the credentialing to get to the job. So here's what I would recommend, and I'm not saying this because I'm at a junior college, but I do see that both ends of it as we work with the universities and I've been on the board at a state college and university system. So this idea of taking some classes online as opposed to a gap year, and I would take the classes either online of the institution you've chosen. And if in any way, shape or form money or connectivity is problematic there, I would take it at the local county college because it is transferable. Keep in mind, Psych 101, every freshman takes it. You take it at UCLA, you're in with 120 people and you're paying you know, an out-of-state number of 40, 50,000, 60,000 a year. Taking it locally at a county college will cost you 
uh, 15 credits will cost you about $5,000. It, it accomplishes two things, local connectivity, you're lacking room and board, you're still on path for graduation on time, and you're probably getting a quality product that's comparable to what you would have gotten online there at a different price or online there, or even if you took it in person there at a much different price. My point, it's time to test. Time to degree is the critical factor. So you must get there on schedule. If you wander or change, and sometimes it just happens in life, but if you can avoid it, it's the return on your investment because it's sizable. Keep in mind that the average private college is probably going to run sixty to seventy thousand dollars a year. The average public university and college in state runs with room and board twenty six thousand to thirty thousand dollars a year. A junior college with a non residential component for a freshman who's not quite ready, let alone going into a pandemic environment, probably could save one a quarter of that by doing the freshman year online locally at the community college and live at home. Sure. Wow, that, that's great. I mean, that, that really gives us a picture of, like you said, when you started out, where things were heading beforehand and how it's kind of almost been, your hand's been forced, uh, maybe for the, the better long term, but to, to go more virtual, to go more uh, things that will eventually probably drive costs down. Um, but it sounds like that, that's been forced with what we've seen this year with, with COVID-19 and the pandemic. So when, you, when we think about high school students that have college aspirations, so maybe they're two years out uh, and their parents, of course, too, how can they start to prepare, you know, not just financially, but, but also from a coursework and maybe a program structure perspective uh, for that college uh, experience or to put themselves in the best place to, to get a, a levered college experience uh, the most optimal way? Well, there's several ways now that are, that are ha- things that are happening that a lot of families are not quite caught up to. But I think that uh, the ones we're working with are aggressively looking at some of the options. And here they are. If you are a parent of a sophomore, junior, certainly a senior, rising senior this year, I would strongly, strongly recommend that while they are in high school, that they would concurrently enroll in their local county college. Most high schools have collegiate relationships, at least with their county system. We have a relationship in Gloucester and Cumberland County with every high school. So they can take classes here in person or online, or what we call a hybrid, where it's a little bit of both. And they can build a resume. We have given, I was scheduled in May, if we didn't lose commencement, to hand 30 associate degrees to high school students prior to graduating from high school. Now, that's (laughs) That's an individual that that basically can do it, is capable, is willing and able, and who literally uh, wants to schedule and the intensity of summers and winters to be tied up in learning at a college in order to do it. I'm not sure I would recommend it as an educator or parent, but what I do recommend, I think, and we petitioned New Jersey to consider legislation, that every senior and junior in high school should have the opportunity to cross over with the county college by structure and get at least a semester, the the first semester of freshman year. I think it would be the, the target for me would be the freshman year. I'm not so much inclined to recommend to get the associate's degree, which is two years or even a semester and a half. That's carrying an awfully heavy load. And you have to be, you know, I think they should be a part of their high school athletically, socially, and behaviorally so that, you know, they're not living behind a computer screen or a textbook on a library. Somewhere in the middle is the balance of life. 
So if they could at least carve the first year out, 30 credits, spread them out over the junior, senior year, take the gen eds first, and then move a little deeper in. They still have not penetrated or touched their major in most cases. But here's my point. You're asking us to design a pathway. What we call them now is guided pathways. You have to sit down with your child, your son, your daughter, your friend, relative, whatever, your neighbor, uh, your financial advisor, and say, look, this is what we want. This is the end game. How do I get there? How do I get there in the, in the, in, in the fastest amount of time? I can't, you can't do as we call wanderlust, where you, you know, sure. five, six years to get a baccalaureate. You've incurred so much debt and credit you'll never use that when you go on, and by the way, part of our conversation today must mention, we must mention that the master's degree is becoming the new credential of entry, the new credential of entry. So the high school diploma is gone. The associate degree is, you know, not going to, you know, ring the bell. It can get you into employment, but the baccalaureate is now moving down to be closer to an associate and an associate to a high school diploma, which means a CPA. Uh, in medicine, all of our therapies, our nuclear meds, this, these are all going, the associates are moving up the baccalaureate, the baccalaureates are moving up the master's degrees. I believe that in the next 10 years, you're going to see the academic competition for employment is going to be at the master's level of entry. We're starting to see it already. Uh, certainly the medical profession, the health profession, all the credentials, physical therapies, a doctorate, obviously DOMDs, we have them with Rowan University with biomedical science, where we feed that pipeline. You're talking about eight to 10 years of education. Uh, but if you look at the traditional you know, fields of, of, of business, of industry, you're, you're probably looking at a baccalaureate, but you must then return. If you're carrying debt into the next layer, you're gonna just layer more debt on top of your existing debt. So you see where I'm going with this. Oh, absolutely. So I we think have these... back as the high school student, here's the trick in my mind. Sure. You got to cut off a piece of it, unfortunately, today, before you come out of high school. Anything from three, six credits, 12 credits, 15 is a semester. Even if you can get to there, five courses while you're a junior and senior, if you're capable, interested, and willing, you're going to be paying high school option rates, which are literally hundreds of dollars a course. That wow. course is worth thousands of dollars when you're going to take it at another school if you wait a year or two. So once you have that, you've built your foundation. The other consideration that I think is becoming critical, and it's unfortunate, all of us is unfortunate, the young people have to make these decisions today. You must consider the major you're picking. You know, what do I want to study? And you're going to have to do it. Yep. I'm honest. I think a balanced approach to is it employable and in demand? And what's it going to look like in the four years when I get there? And I'm getting the appropriate education because it's changing daily. Unfortunately, we have individuals that, they, that what they want to study, um, in, in my, my head, is more of something where it's something I love and want to do or participate in. But the end game of exit with regard to employment capability is not great. And unfortunately, with the money that has to be spent, for the advancement of degree, unless you have it and it's not a question, you're going to have to rethink distribution of your assets and therefore stay in a lane that's going to show an employable aspect coming out, at least at the baccalaureate level. So choice of major, time to degree, early start, and the idea that you stay on a guided pathway, don't drift. Now, 
I would not go to a university or college in this time on unless they had experiential learning, the opportunity to be an intern, the opportunity that built into the course structure and into the experiential structure is the opportunity to get in the field and work with people that are practicing your discipline. Many of these organizations that we have in engineering, uh, they want our students as young as our programs with the understanding that they'll pay for some of their schooling, but they want a guarantee return that they'll come and work for them. They're actually cherry picking the internships and the apprenticeships to get the labor that they lack because of the quality of the labor pool. So you, you get a one up on everybody else with regard to getting a job. So be careful. This game is changing. Um, when you're looking at a quarter of a million dollars to send your son or daughter to a four year private school. So it depends on your market, your return on investment. But my point is there's other options that can shrink the time, carefully choose the program, prepare for graduate school growth because you're going to need it and your employer may not provide it. And uh, this is a, this is a marathon. You're not in, this is not a sprint anymore. It's not a sprint to a four year and out the door. It's a messy game. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, it's definitely changing, I'm sure, even more than it has been before. Um, tell us a little bit. Of, I know our RCSJ, or Rowan College, South Jersey, RCSJ as it's known, uh, and your partnership with Rowan University, you guys have produced some pretty groundbreaking programs that kind of really work to extend access and affordability of education that everyone needs. Can, can you give us a little walkthrough of of some of the programs, specific programs that you guys have put into place with Rowan University uh, and the thought process behind them, kind of how they came to be? Yeah, well, thanks for that opportunity. I think what we would offer to the people who live in South Jersey, and we do serve the entire South Jersey region, uh, is when we got into the relationship with Rowan University, we didn't do it just for the branding and the marketing aspect of the name. We did it for the qualitative issues that we saw within the academic structures. So the first thing we did is we built a straight act, as I called it, a guided pathway. That's what we did with the universities. Most and many, I should say, of our students geographically want to stay closer to home in South Jersey. And we're appreciative of that because if we don't put this kind of brain power into the workforce of South Jersey, uh, we will continue to be the number one exporter of academic talent to the rest of the country. New Jersey is the number one exporter of high school seniors for college. So we send more of our students, native students, out of the state for higher uh, education and post-secondary, I should say, um, than any other state in the country. And then we wonder why we don't have the workforce that can compete to drive industry and business into our region. So long story short, what we did is we tried to network the university's strength and their programming along with us so that it was single pathway. So when industry and business come in and tell us what they need, we have what we call stackable credentialing. We put certificates together with degrees, and we can take you all the way up to, we're building a component of Rowan School of Medicine on our campus here in Deptford. Uh, it's the SOM, School of Osteopathic Medicine. They're based in Stratford, the former UMDMJ. Sure, I'm familiar with uh, that, yeah. And we have the medical school here. We're the only county college with a medical school on our campus. Why? Because we want to show our students who come through our biomed and our neuroscience program and biomedical science that they can go on to Rowan and possibly come right back to our dirt and go to medical school so that you almost don't have to leave our soil to become a doctor. Our nursing program is number one in New Jersey. Our health profession program is expanding with respiratory therapy and health science. Now, what have we done and dietary science? What have we done 
is we've aligned all of these with the universities, not just Rowan, but Stockton, Rutgers, Camden, and in the Philadelphia University system wants our students too. So over there, we've got, you know, LaSalle, Penn, St. Joe's, um, you know, the idea of even the Ivies with Penn, we've got some students that are aspiring and going there. We now look upon this relationship with Rowan. We have what's called a three plus one, which in seven majors, you can get our three years with us at our price. And then you can do the last year with Rowan University and they put the baccalaureate from Rowan University on as a capstone. So you literally wow, get an associate degree and then you get a four year. And if you don't have to live at Rowan University, we can get you a baccalaureate from Rowan University in seven majors for $27,000, $27,000. That's less than a freshman year at a private school. Now go on and you can go anywhere in the country with these credentials. So we did Rowan Choice. Rowan Choice is you live at the Rowan dorms, which are the things we're worried about today. Sure. You experience the university environment. You're a traditional freshman in, in Holly Point and the freshman dorms, but you are under the enrollment of the county college. So you pay our rate, but you live there. The only thing you can't do is play athletics for the university because you play where you're enrolled. And we're one of, one of the best junior college athletic programs in the country, Division Three. So three plus one. Rowan Choice, uh, we have a three plus one with Rowan in nursing, and it's the best nursing program in New Jersey. We were ranked number one, four year or two year. Uh, like I said, our health professions are expanding. Uh, we just signed an agreement with Rowan University that we can now do the first two years of engineering, and then we transfer seat guaranteed to the Rowan School of Engineering, the Ruhr School of Business, and all of the advancement of Rowan with medicine, in particular SOM, where we literally have a piece of that program on our campus. So you're, we think by offering our services to South Jersey here, you're getting far more than a traditional county college. This is not 12th grade or 13th grade relationship. This is really a pure junior that has a, a university flair a little bit of their feel. We can physically allow you to experience it. You, as we say, you can have your cake and eat it too. Literally, if you want to live at Rowan and, and dine at Rowan and be a part of the freshman class, you have to take your study with us. We teach on the university. We rent a building, Bozarth Hall. So our faculty are literally on the site. Uh, we've got it in seven majors. Everything's on our website. I don't want to make this a commercial. I want this to be to your question and understanding that this is the kind of hybrid you're going to see coming out of. We were doing this prior to pandemic. Now we're going to accelerate it. I think you're going to see the four-year and the two-year schools in New Jersey and across the country, for that matter, start to melt together because we have to get them access and affordability. And sometimes that means splitting the deck of where I go to achieve the same goal in quality, performance, but less money and on time. And I think high school students have to cross over. And if you're going to go to college and that's your aspiration and you have the ability, you've got to test drive it. You've got to get in the seat and come into a county college and feel the rigor of a college classroom, no matter what you're doing. So cross over the high school to the two, cross over the two to the four, shrink the clock, quality education, stay in South Jersey, don't be in debt and graduate from, from any school in the country, but we prefer you stay home in South Jersey. And we can, we can do it from as little as 27,000 if you don't need the dormitory. And up to Rowan University for four years is 100,000, and us for two years is 10,000. Wow. So do the math any way you wanna cut that puzzle 
three plus one, two, two, one, three, one here, three with Rowan. And Stockton and Rutgers Camden have strong affiliations with us, again, as do the Philadelphia universities, University of Delaware, Wilmington University. We've got all of the Delaware Valley pretty much chasing our student body right now. I think this is the wave of the future. And I think right now we're just trying to find our way to fight through this pandemic so that we can keep this thing moving in the right direction. That, that was unbelievable. Thank you so much for that insight into, you know, not just higher education in general, but also what's happening right here in our area in South Jersey. Uh, we are certainly lucky to have uh, Rowan College in South Jersey here uh, and advocating for, for our kids and for our, our rising seniors. Uh, we, I can't thank you enough for joining us on the podcast today and for all your, your yeah, awesome my insights. Jason. Thanks so much. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for inviting us on. And, uh, you know, hopefully if we've helped give your, uh, give your listeners a little bit something to think about, but we're always out here if there's any questions. Awesome. Thanks so much, Dr. Keating. Thank you. Thanks all of you for joining us on the HFM investor podcast. Uh, We, we like to bring you things from all across our network, not just investment related, not just financial planning related. Uh, If there's something you'd like to learn about, shoot us an email. Let's see if we can cover it in our next podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the investor success podcast at HFM investment advisors. Our mission is to educate and empower our clients to make wise financial decisions. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at www.hfmadvisors.com.